Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our risen Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, my friends, summer is here. According to the uh, meteorological calendar, summer began on June 1st. But for here at us here at St. John's, uh, the kind of whole, the whole church staff feels summer begin when the last day of school comes, all right? School ended on Friday at noon. I led a funeral at 2 o'clock over in the sanctuary. I walked back over into the offices, and it was like a ghost town around here. Students were gone. Teachers were gone. And I even saw one of our three principals, who shall remain nameless, was all dressed up in the morning, but there the principal was with shorts and flip-flops on at 3 o'clock. I mean, summer had arrived, and I love it. But when we think of summer, when we think of summer, we think of sort of a new rhythm to our lives, right? We sort of think about maybe a little bit less structure. We think about maybe going on vacation, and we think hopefully... I think hopefully we can get some rest. Rest. But what is rest? Some people talk about rest as getting some sleep, maybe doing some relaxing on the couch or in the backyard. Some people talk about rest, going on vacation or, or doing something that calms you in your life or something that you enjoy. And I think rest includes all of those things. But today I want us to talk a little bit about the biblical idea, definition of rest. And it might include all those things we just talked about. But I think it includes much more. And you may have heard this big word for rest in the Bible. It's called Sabbath. You heard that word before? Sabbath? All right. Sabbath rest. We hear about it in the Ten Commandments. If you study the catechism growing up, you remember the Third Commandment. And our Third Commandment is also given to us in our Old Testament reading today from Deuteronomy chapter 5. So let's take a look at it. Let's take a look at what the Bible says about Sabbath. So, Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 12, it's going to be up there, it's in your bulletin, if you brought your Bibles, follow along. Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, as the Lord your God has commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your ox, your donkey, or any of your animals, nor your residing in your towns, so that your male and female servants may rest as you do. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. So just like God, whose image we are created... In six days, God created the heavens and the earth, created the universe, and on the seventh day, he rested. And when he did that, he made it holy. He sort of set it apart. And for the Old Testament people, they got into this rhythm of life, six days of work and one day of rest. And biologically, it's been proven that our bodies need this, but spiritually, our whole being needs this sort of rest and return to God. Now, back in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew way of thinking, technically, the Sabbath started at nighttime. That's how the Hebrews looked at the day. So, for a whole day, it starts at night and ends to go to the next sundown, sundown to sundown. And so, for the Hebrews in the Old Testament, their Sabbath, it started on Friday night, our Friday night, and ended on our Saturday night. So, we might be asking, if we're supposed to remember the Sabbath, it's one of the third, it's the third commandment, we memorized it. We have to keep it and holy and revere it and honor it. Why do we have church on the day that we have it? 
And what does it really mean to remember or observe the Sabbath day and to keep it holy? I hope that we'll kind of answer that this morning together. But first, I want to tell you a little bit about my house. Now, I've used this illustration before at one of our night services, so if you've heard it, bear with me. But I like it so much, I wanted to use it again. We live in a 52-year-old house, and the kitchen cabinets are original, my friends. And uh, one of these days, we'll replace them. But when we bought the house, the appliances were much newer. They were from the 70s. And... So, needless to say, we were experiencing problems, and we still are with some of our appliances, but namely the oven. And so, we ended up finding this great, nearly new oven at the Habitat store, double oven. This thing was awesome, barely ever been used, pretty cool. Anyway, we bought the oven, we get it installed, and I was checking out the manual. And I had to stop as I was looking through the manual, looking at this section, I just stared at it for like... I read it through three times, and I was like, there was a feature in there that I'd never heard of. Do you know where I'm going with this? It's a Sabbath mode, okay? (laughs) Seriously, this exists. If you have a new oven, you most likely have the Sabbath mode on your oven. Have you heard me talk about this before? All right. The Sabbath mode on the oven. It's crazy. What in the world is that? Exodus 35 verse 2 says this, do not light a fire in any of your dwellings on the Sabbath day, okay? So you've heard the distinction between the letter of the law and the spirit of the law, right? What we got going on here with the Sabbath mode seems to hit the letter of the law and not the spirit of it, right? Because you can actually put the oven into Sabbath mode. And in Sabbath mode, that oven stays on the whole Sabbath more than 24 hours. And it even disables the light because apparently if you flip on the light switch, that is work, which is kind of crazy as well. And you can't cook food in it, but you can reheat food that's already been cooked. And then you will be observing the Sabbath. That mode even bypasses like safety features that normally turn an oven off after 6 or 12 hours. So for 24 hours, the oven is running. Do you think that that's the sacred rhythm of Sabbath that God was talking about when he said, observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy? Now, apparently this also exists for refrigerators and even some parts of the world. Check this picture out right here. I don't know if you can see this, but can you tell what it is? Elevator, right? Now, here's a close-up of the control panel. There's a Sabbath elevator. You turn the switch on, turn it to the right or whatever, and it turns on the Sabbath elevator. Here's the sign that goes with it. Sabbath elevator operation. Starts 4 p.m. Friday, ends 9 p.m. Saturday. This elevator will go straight to the top floor and stop automatically on all floors in the down directions. It does this for more than 24 hours on the Sabbath. Because apparently you can ride an elevator on the Sabbath, but you can't push a button because that would be work. Observe, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Do you think that this is the sacred rhythm of the Sabbath that God was talking about? And I don't mean to belittle certain disciplines of certain uh, sects of Judaism, but in many ways, I like that they're trying to be spiritual, they're trying to have disciplines, they're trying to wrestle with what does the Word of God say, but to me, it seems to be missing the mark. I think that Jesus gives us insight into Mark chapter 2 in our gospel lesson. He gives us insight and helps us return and get away from the letter of the law to the spirit of the law of what it means to observe and to remember the Sabbath and to keep it holy and to honor it. So, from Mark chapter 2, 
uh, verse 23 and following. I want to read something to you. So, one Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, so it was probably like one Sabbath, it would have been like a Saturday morning or something like that. Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? Walking along, they're hungry, grab a few heads of grain, you know, eat it in their mouth, fill their stomach, satisfy themselves. The Pharisees are mad because they're working on the Sabbath. They're saying it's unlawful. But actually, if you look into the Old Testament, actually, it is technically not unlawful. The Old Testament says you cannot put the sickle to the grain, which means you can't jump in the combine and go out and do a field. It's saying take it easy for a day. But the Jewish people at the time, the Pharisees, the leaders at the time, they actually had built this huge entire fence around the third commandment. They had 39 additional rules and regulations built up around the third commandment. And to this day, certain Orthodox Jews follow them. And it seems to distort what the Sabbath is all about. It asks questions that seem to be wrong, like why are you picking heads of grain? Why are you turning on your oven on the Sabbath? Why are you flipping on a light switch? Why did you push the button on the elevator? Jesus answers these questions in his response to the Pharisees. In verse 25, he says, He answered, Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abiathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and he ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave them some to his companions. And then Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man, Jesus, is Lord even of the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for us. It's a gift that Jesus gives to us and sets us free from a slavish adherence to rules and regulations. It's a gift to us to give us balance and to give us rhythm for our life, to return the creative order of being in which we are created in the image of God. What's it mean to be created in God's image? And then the Sabbath, God gives us an opportunity to rest our bodies, rest our spirits in Jesus Christ. He's the Lord of the Sabbath. He is Sabbath rest in the flesh. Matthew chapter eleven twenty eight. 28, he says this. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you Sabbath. I will give you rest. He's the word of God in flesh. He is God. He is Sabbath. He is rest. So you might be kind of thinking, well, Pastor, that sounds all good and theoretical, but what does that actually mean? I think that's a good question. How do we step into that life rhythm today? How do we remember the Sabbath? How do we observe it? How do we keep it holy? I mean, we live in a culture that is go, 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 right? And I have to be honest with you, I struggle with this personally. Most pastors actually struggle with this quite a bit. I've been trying to figure it out in my life for a while, and I admit that I am not there. I am in process. I've been trying to learn more, not just in theory, not just academically, but in practice in my life. And one of the pastors I've been uh, reading who talks and teaches on this, his name, he's uh, on the East Coast. His name is Peter uh, Scazzaro. He's written this big book called The Emotionally Healthy Leader. Pastor Nathan gave it to me. And he talks about observing the Sabbath as being a 
spiritual formation practice. And he has this helpful image. I want to throw it up on the screen there. He says, there are spiritual formation practices in our life, like the Sabbath. And we as Christians, we want to keep it kind of in the center. We don't want to go off on the legalism side. If we go off on the legalism side, we start acting like the Pharisees, and we start talking about ovens and elevators and light switches and stuff like that, and it gets pretty crazy. But he also says we don't want to go off on the lawlessness or the licentiousness side of it either. Meaning we don't just come in and say that since Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath, we don't need to do anything with that. We don't need to connect to God and his people in worship. We, don't need, to, uh, we need to work hard 24-7. We never need to rest. We don't uh, need to contemplate and understand and worship and wonder at who God is. No, he's saying you can't go off on either side, but you stay there in the center, somewhere between legalism and lawlessness. Legalism and licentiousness is the Sabbath, a spiritual formation practice. And so, what does a healthy observant of the Sabbath look like us for us today? I really like what Pastor Scazzaro, uh, he gives some advice, and he boils it down. He boils it down to four things. He says, here's a sacred rhythm of Sabbath. Stop, rest, delight, and contemplate. And I found this really helpful. He says, first, you've got to stop. You've got to designate a 24-hour period in your life. For him, he does it at 6 p.m. on Friday to 6 p.m. on Saturday. I have some friends that live in Iowa. They own a music school, and they actually did this. They said their life was getting crazy and out of control, and they stopped for a 24-hour period. And they said their business, it, it blossomed. Their family became better. It's kind of what Chick-fil-A does, right? They seem to be doing all right, and they shut down every Sunday. I go through the drive-thru all the time on Sundays. <laughs> Don't tell me you haven't done it either. We got some Chick-fil-A owners over here. All right. But that's what he's talking about. He says for 24 hours, right? He doesn't work. He doesn't do, be business, he doesn't do any business, no emails, no chores at the house, no errands, no laundry, no Twitter or Facebook, no work paid or unpaid. Stop that and then rest. He talks about what are some activities in my life that restore me and replenish me. Maybe you take a nap. Maybe you go on a hike. Maybe you read. Maybe you eat some good food. Maybe you play some sports or you have a hobby. The key is, he says, to rest from both paid work and unpaid work. Maybe you go on a date with a spouse. Maybe you hang out with your family. Maybe you watch a movie or go to a museum. This afternoon, I've got a date with my four-year-old. We are going to build a very tall magnetile tower, all right? Um, We're going to have some rest. Family time. It's on my Outlook calendar. Rest. Then he says, delight. And he talks about this. I really like this. He says, after God had worked for six days creating the world, he paused and he said, it is very good. On the Sabbath, he observed the creation. He said, it's very good. So part of observing the Sabbath is that God invites us into that to join him in celebrating the creation, to enjoy it and to delight in it and to say, this is very good. And so for Pastor Scazzaro, he talks about how he and his wife, they just love uh, ocean and nature and beaches and lakes and mountains and star-filled skies and all that stuff. So they intentionally, oftentimes on their Sabbath, do something with that, but not just do something with that, but they, in their minds and their hearts, they say, this is so good. God created this. And so what did God create? People, places, things. 
What is it about God's creation that you delight in the most? On the Sabbath, recognize that, participate in it somehow, and say that's very good because God made it. Acknowledge it in your heart and your being. And the last part is this contemplate part, which I I love. It's the wonder part. It's the biggie. It's what makes the Sabbath biblical. It's what makes it holy to the Lord. Pastor Scazzaro talks about how it's important for us to contemplate, to ponder, to wonder about God's great love for us in Jesus Christ, to worship God. We don't take time off from God on the Sabbath, but on the Sabbath, we take time to draw closer to him. And my friends, that's why Christians started gathering together on Sundays, because we have some freedom on the Sabbath. And Jesus rose from the grave on the Sunday, so every Sunday is a reminder that we have resurrection victory in Jesus, and that's why Christians have been gathering together on Sundays. That's why we're here this morning, 2,000 years. That's sort of Sabbath practice Christians have been a part of. It's our connect to God part. From connect to God, grow together, share Christ. It's a sacred rhythm of being a disciple. Martin Luther talked about it in the large catechism in in this way. He said, what is meant by keeping it holy? That's the Sabbath. He said, nothing else than devoting the Sabbath to holy words, like we're doing now, holy works, like when we receive God's grace and mercy in worship, and holy living, like we're doing now together as a body of believers. When we make use of God's word and exercise ourselves in it, that's Sabbath. So we may be tempted at times, and we're kind of joking about the oven and the refrigerator and all that stuff, but we too do that. We at times will make worship into a legalistic thing, into a checkbox, into a thing I got to click off my to-do list for the day. Or on the other side, we may go to it and make worship like, well, we don't really have to do anything. I can go worship God out on the golf course, right? There's a middle ground. And I'd like for all of us to sort of think about this summer when we want to get some rest for our lives and for our families, to think about the Sabbath, how we can enter that rest that's given to us in Jesus, how we don't have to adhere to a legalistic rule, and we can surround ourselves with holy works, holy words, and holy living, because that's what God has created you for. God created you for this sacred rhythm of those four things, to stop, rest, delight, and to contemplate God's love for you in Jesus Christ. The other thing that's cool about it, as Pastor Scazzaro points out, is it's a picture, it's a foretaste of the feast to come. We're going to spend an eternity of Sabbath rest. And he quotes this rabbi, actually pretty powerful words, who says this, unless one learns how to relish the taste of Sabbath, while still in this world, unless one is initiated in the appreciation of eternal life, one will be unable to enjoy the taste of eternity in the world to come. The essence of the world to come, he says, is Sabbath eternal. And the seventh day, the Sabbath rest in time, here and now, is an example of eternity. When we honor and revere and keep the Sabbath, we are tasting, getting a foretaste of eternity, the feast to come of Sabbath rest forever. Jesus invites us into that 
I'm looking forward to honoring it and keeping it more and more with you. And I pray that upon my own family and upon yours. Jesus invites us. And he says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. And I will give you Sabbath. I will give you rest.